0: On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, John and I talk a lot about the PGA Tour. We review the fact that he went and got a lesson, as well as eh, whether or not which putter I'm going to decide on and a number of other things. This is the last episode of Season 2. We are going to move into Season 3 as we uh, move on just like the PGA Tour does. We hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening this past year. And uh, we're going to get into it. Thanks. I've got this one about two balls out to the right.
1: I'm telling you, man, it's a speed button.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 25 of the Faded Golf Podcast. I'm Mark Juleen, joined with John Falkenberg. We are not in the green room. We're out on the, uh, the back porch
1: of uh okay casa so yeah hi guys hi yeah okay mark so we were talking something a little bit offline yeah oh we're gonna jump right into so we right off we were were discussing just talking about rogan's deal with spotify and um yeah i think you're more right than i thought so hundreds of millions no um over a hundred million though yeah joe rogan's taking podcasts exclusively to spotify and analyzing it worth more than a hundred million dollars there you go. So, I, I that has to be like a 10-year deal. Has to be. Something like that. Could be. Yep. I mean, that's crazy for a podcast. Well, if you think about
0: um, essentially an app or a platform like Spotify, in which they are taking, uh, obviously, artist music, and then they're basically paying them pennies back every time – it gets streamed, um, and then they're trying to f- fit advertisers in uh, somewhere for people who don't pay for Spotify premium, um, and then they're also trying to get premium subscriptions, if they can get Rogan, which can either enhance their premium
1: subscriptions or enhance their advertising, boom. So Spotify's licensing deal with Joe Rogan Experience Podcast for a reported 100000000 million multi-year deal. Can pay for itself by attracting fewer than two million subscribers. Yep. Record labels and music publisher benefit when podcasts help attract. Yep. That's nuts. Nice. That's that is obscene. Now
0: let's. I, we're obviously not talking about golf, but uh, what is your preferred music application? M- Pandora. Music app. You're a Pandora guy, yeah. right? Because it basically makes the mix for you. Yeah. Right. It's, it's easy. So I enjoy Pandora as well. I pay the four ninety nine a month for the non advertising. Did you get a bug in your wine? Totally got a bug. Nah, you have to dig that out. I've got a a little napkin too to clean your finger after you dig them out. But it's a
1: moth too.
0: Oh, a big one. All right, well, you might have to just throw that in the yard. That might. There uh, might I, <laughs> yeah, I might switch to bourbon. Yep. All right, we'll have to do a pause here in a minute. But um, the uh, so I I've been a I've been a Spotify fan as well, and mainly because Spotify before Pandora went to the whole like any music catalog, all it was was the like random, essentially radio station app. And I loved it for that. And I paid for the premium then to not have the advertising. How long ago? God, that had to be. When did it come out? Uh, Let's just say it's seven, eight years ago. It was one of the first ones. But then. I would say, and I'd have to go back into my archives on Spotify, but I would say shortly thereafter Spotify comes out and you're able to take any album for this $9.99 a month or whatever and create either listen to anything, any song you wanted to, or create playlists. And the DJ, the college DJ in me was like, I can create a playlist out of anything from every catalog everything that I've ever probably owned or not owned uh, done so I just I started creating playlists out of music that maybe I didn't even own and new stuff and I took off of Spotify
1: as well there's so, a, there's a ton of interesting things like I'm just browsing through here so Spotify has licensed not purchased the Joe Rogan experience um, right also
0: they're using him
1: the deal is not an it's not an advertising play. So all that shit he talks about, you know, he makes his like seven minutes of advertising yeah. up front. He makes
0: the money off that? I think so. They aren't getting a cut of that at all. So they're basically looking at it as a subscriber play because in order to, because it's exclusively on Spotify now. So they 100%. basically want people to download their app because they know if they do, people are like, I don't want commercials that are fit in there just like Pandora, just like all the other apps we have, right? Apple should have done this a long time ago but Apple sucks when it comes to managing music. How Smart is that though.
1: It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean cuz they'll make they'll make a shit ton they'll of get, money. they'll
0: get all those subscribers. They'll get them all. And they'll make way more. Cuz you're now a you're now a Spotify app user, right? And they'll make way more than
1: mm-hmm. what they paid him. Yep.
0: Just off him. Cuz you can't what you can't find his on Apple now.
1: I, I just go to this podcast app is that Oh, like well, maybe here?
0: you do find Yeah, you find it still on Apple. So what's the deal with Spotify? There, there
1: has to be a deal with them and Apple. Because mm-hmm. Spotify has a license, so Apple's probably paying or, them.
0: Or when does it get cut off, off of Apple? That's what I wonder. Does it ever get cut off, and you, and the only way to listen to it is on Spotify? Well, why wouldn't Apple pay, like, pay... To, to syndicate it? Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. Kind of like any radio station would syn- want to yeah. syndicate something. Maybe they are. I don't know. Um... Very good question. The Hank Haney
1: podcast. Oh yeah. It's not, not great. Good. No. no. Have you listened to it? No. Have you it, listened he, to Friday? Well, have you ever
0: have you ever heard Hank Haney talk? He's boring
1: as shit. He has this guy on there named Minnesota Tim. Okay. That's just like a hack golfer, but he actually makes it kind of entertaining. All right. Club Pro guy? He, he hasn't, hasn't had much.
0: Nah, he hasn't done one in a long time. He just um, has um Kevin Kistner gripping golf, Gary V audio experience. What do I got? Golf Underground, Fairway Rolling, Seth Godin. Uh, yep, Fried Egg. I got that one. It's not good. Course of life. Get a grip. You listen to Get a Grip with Homa and Bacon. How does I I have Shot, not shotgun start, which is the same guy that does the Fried Egg. How did Rick Shields has a podcast? I didn't even know that you know who Rick Shields is? No. He's an English guy that does a... He has a, actually a really good YouTube channel where he tests equipment and stuff like that. It's pretty good. Um, no laying up, of course. I, I have, Somehow I still subscribe to 4Play, Barstool, and I haven't listened to one of their episodes basically ever because it's terrible. So terrible.
1: Why, why would CPG not be doing podcasts? Because he's killing it on Twitter. I don't know. I, Do you think he makes a lot of money?
0: Um... No, I don't think he actually does. Really I mean, he's selling some T shirts, but generally speaking. I so he's
1: know. not gonna get anything from subscribers or anything like I doubt it. I mean <laughs> when he gets Kisner on there or Smiley Kaufman. Smiley Kaufman's great. I don't know. Where is Smiley Kaufman? Was he uh, even in the
0: Did he's on the corn ferry? I I don't, I, don't I, I didn't see that. I think I think the dude I think he had an injury. Well, claimed injury whatever but he may be done he's like anthony kim just done
1: probably didn't
0: have a very very good insurance policy though
1: i never understood that anthony kim
0: if you look at how much money these guys just made and anthony kim took whatever insurance policy he did
1: bucks or something think about that
0: think about that for just a second the money today Versus the money 10 years ago when Anthony Kim decided to hang it up for an insurance policy.
1: I just, I don't know if that was it. Maybe he just fucking hated golf. Yeah, he was well good, too. I golf. mean, kind of
0: like you and I hate it. <laughs> hey, dude, it ebbs and flows. I get it. it but does. at the same time, you can't be that short-sighted. But he was young. Smiley was in it.
1: the Puerto Rico Puerto Rico Open AT&T yeah. Pebble Breach program he, this year. In was Somalia. he coming
0: down the 18th? really thinking about breaking 80 he was cut and all those I see what you oh see. yeah that dude hasn't made a cut in like two years
1: what did he shoot there
0: i'm looking it up yeah don't look it up um we're going to talk a lot about pro golf today though um so speaking of smiley kaufman um we uh we're wrapping up our season so this is the last episode of season two of the fate of golf podcast uh, we're wrapping up our season, um, and I, I think the idea <laughs> is that we, we're going to wrap it up along the same lines as the way the PGA Tour does, which is kind of like a fall um, a type of deal. But what what would you find about <laughs> Kaufman? He hasn't made his a cut sc- in like four or five it, years. It, well, or
1: no, though. yeah, he was second to last on that last, well, I think it was like the Sony Fucking Open. Or, but his scoring average <laughs> was like 75.8. <laughs>
0: hey, man, he's like a scratch golfer, though.
1: Yeah, the rating on those courses is probably pretty good. Oh, from those back tees, slope trick, was pretty up, solid. Tricked up from back there. Right probably there. you shoot seventy five. That's probably maybe a, like a like an even.
0: So so uh, golf, maybe golf.com or golf digest or golf golf. Bank, I don't know, whatever. Um, they pushed out some statistics today that uh, about thirty six thousand golfers in the United States are scratch golfers. 36,000 players. The average handicap of a male golfer uh, in the United States is like 14. That's the average handicap. Um, The bulk of players are somewhere between 10 and 14. That's the the bulk of players. Are somewhere between 10 and 14 um, as far as their handicap. So this is all data from this year. They pulled it as of obviously like third of the way through with the new handicap system they pull but uh it's basically like one i guess it well it's probably almost it's a little over one percent of all u.s golfers at least that carry handicap are scratch golfers do you think that number is high or low or overstated sounds accurate so on twitter obviously the hack jobs that are on twitter that comment on this shit and i've seen it happen before for anybody who says that they posted a whatever round or that they're a whatever handicap or whatever it is, or like bullshit liars, vanity handicaps, reverse sandbagger, which is a terrible term. It's a vanity handicap. You aren't a reverse sandbagger. You are a, you have a vanity handicap like that, that the term is vanity handicap, not reverse sandbagger for all of you that are out there. And, you know what, I actually see more vanity handicaps on higher handicapped guys than I see on lower guys. And really that's right. why I laugh at anybody who's like, liar. Like, who the fuck is going to post like a 70 or 71 when, again, you had to play with somebody to do it and post that to, like, brag that they're a plus one or a plus whatever. Well, that doesn't make well, any sense. Well,
1: morons that make those comments, that what they don't understand is that it's the potential... It has no, it's not the actual Yes, it's the not the like your average. No. No. So I can shoot, you shoot this year we both we both shot sixty nine, but I've also thrown up an eighty four. Yeah, right.
0: Shot eighty one last Friday. So
1: eighty four. I mean I've done that.
0: Easy easy to do. It can
1: it can happen, but we can potentially go low. And somebody who is posting their handicap probably is just that's what your potential is. Yes. And and, and it also, captures a good moment in time. Also
0: as we've talked about, there's country club handicaps
1: right? Oh that's that's a hundred or, or member
0: handicaps. So if you're a member at a club, country club or even public club doesn't matter to me, but if you're a member at a club and that is the primary golf course that you pay, play probably 90 plus percent of the time you will end up lowering your handicap because that is the only course that you play, and you get to know those holes better than anything.
1: Yeah, because I could take... There is a four and five and six handicap here that I take to, like, Rock Hollow. They wouldn't fucking break 90. Yeah. I, I, I could take three of them, and I could name them, and yep. we could go. Yep. And they wouldn't break 90. Yep. You know you know dude, that, right? Dude, I know two two
0: and three handicaps here that definitely wouldn't be breaking 80 anywhere you take them
1: <laughs> i know
0: but, I, but you do you get to know your golf course you get to know where to not to miss it whatever and that's also and why we're going to talk about the pga today what's interesting to me is that they're they're always talking about like the next young gun or the next one coming up and he's the next tiger or the next whatever or the next whatever and what they don't talk about is how when you've played a course year over year over year like Jim Furyk has or Tiger Woods has or Phil Mickelson has, what blows me away is why those guys actually aren't freaking dominating when they've played so many of these courses so many times. I just
1: think these other guys are so good. These young guys are just, they're just so good. And they're confidence, and they're used to winning. And when you're on, you're in Division One golf in the top tier schools now. You're playing everywhere, and you're playing hard courses. I think it's, I think yeah, it's just, all right. and, and and now well, there's there's a new type of athlete playing the game. Maybe you know what I like where you went with
0: that, in that I do think youth golf, younger golf, whether it's college or even high school these kids are playing more and more and more competitively on different courses all the time. It's, it's more available than it was 20 years ago to play that variety. Like when I played, like if you were in the AJGA, like you were like the elite of the elite and like your parents traveled, you know, because you were loaded and like, that's what, what got you there. Now, like I'm hearing like kids playing in the AJGA stuff and or like I only played like in the Indiana junior golf stuff, but like people are doing that and they're all over. I'm like, th- just the variety and what's out there for kids to play is, well, is different.
1: I like you know you always hear like okay this is Webb's home course or like Sea Island. Like a lot of guys live down there. I think who lives there? like is no, Justin Rose or Kisner or one, Charles Howell. I don't know. But those guys never end up winning, and they play there all the time. Oh, like Augusta? And like yeah. Jason Day is a member of Murphy. That's where he lives. Yeah. I mean, he's not – and he doesn't win it. He no. played well there. Yeah. But he doesn't win it. I just think these guys, dude, they're, just,
0: they're so well, good. And
1: the flat stick gets hot and changes. Like, yeah. that leads into DJ.
0: But there's, there's different confidence levels depending on, obviously, different styles of courses and really what it comes down to. So, like, I think it's what it, – also handicaps come down to is like, you you put us out at a course similar to ours, similar to Chatham, or you put us out in probably more of a um, just a, a course that we're familiar with, and you and I are probably going to play better golf, and no different than why Charlie Hoffman plays better on the West Coast swing. And we talked about this maybe even on the last podcast, right, or a couple podcasts ago. Charlie Hoffman always plays good on the West Coast swing; he just does, and then he doesn't necessarily play great the rest of the year round and i think a lot of people there there are courses that fit your eye and coming down the stretch to segue to dustin johnson whatever it is with where they played
1: flat stick i think it just comes down to flat stick that dude
0: was super comfortable around whatever greens and as well as what whatever these courses were everything he was making
1: everything everything he was (laughs) Charlie Hoffman, though, back to him, he might be the best two-round player like in the past ten years.
0: <laughs> he does make great Thursday, I mean, two Friday, ra- two
1: rounds, dude. You just, it's so good.
0: Thursday, Friday, dude, dude makes cuts. <laughs> dude makes cuts. He does. Him, him and uh, he's a journeyman. He just man. said his name. What um, Charles Howell? Ho-
1: Charles Howell. Those yeah. dudes make cuts. I watched something. I for I was like, googling, you know, going down the wormhole with stuff you're looking up, and end up at a YouTube. uh, Today or yesterday On Charles Howe And they were You know He was given some type of lesson But He actually got asked Like Okay I got it Who's the guy That's on the golf channel Has that You know Like raccoon goatee A little bit of What's his name Faraday No He's got He's on the golf He's on every Morning drive Every day I don't know He's won like one He's I forget his damn name But he's like what? Got to ask Like Why have you only won twice on tour I said to Charles, like you know, but yet he's like, yet you're, he like makes, you're like you're like it's like, Cut. dude, you're like the touted talent, like coming out, like he was a guy to like challenge Tiger, and you yeah. know, he just didn't. And it isn't
0: one of his wins like the John Deere too? Yeah, like
1: it, he's you know done really well in his career. He just like they, he's like, look, I will give the easy answer first. It's like it's really hard to win out here. It's period. It just really yeah. is. But then he goes, look, I just, I think I, I just try too hard at the end and then i just overdo it and i think anybody can relate to that oh dude that's so relatable it's so relatable it's like you just got to be able to let yourself that's, go
0: that's like friday of the club championship <laughs> for me for four years straight right now <laughs> i'm trying so hard to, to have a good round on friday that i fucking can't yeah
1: that's 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 it i mean
0: i i, I tried so hard not to care this year i just couldn't i just
1: yeah, you just have to you have to let go. You just you know you. That's why Cousins won this year.
0: He didn't give a shit. I like, think it, he didn't. He just had a baby. He just, n- just had a baby. Like he had so many other things on his mind. Like my wife's like, gonna like, be pissed. Like yeah, like I'm playing golf three days in a row and I have like a one month old. And um, uh, I got four hours of sleep last night. I'm fucking tired. Like there are a lot more things on his mind other than. Winning, winning a golf tournament. I think it absolutely helped. You know the best tournament I ever played in high school? Uh, was a... It was the... Shit, what was it? It might have been the... Um, what's the high school? What's the one up on the north side? It's... uh, North... North Central. North Central. Mm-hmm. North Central did an invitational at Sam. Okay? Sam, I went out and shot... Uh, even par that day, best best invitational I'd ever played. Um, tied for second in that, and uh, do medalist. You know, do you know why? We what? put my dog to sleep that morning. So
1: you were just sad about that. Not thinking about just
0: that that consumed my head. Think about that. Like I went with my dad. That morning, like the invitational was probably like later that day or whatever it was in the afternoon on a Saturday or whatever time it was. And that morning, we literally took my dog to the vet to get put down. The rest of the day, I'm sure, while I was thinking about shots and stuff, like my head was.
1: So back to Dustin Johnson. (laughs) He, yeah. I think he does. Think about things. I just think he's that talented.
0: I think he has a a magical ability to not grind. Think about that for a second.
1: I think he. You ever see like his short games actually got really good. Like he was like he had a putt on Monday. But that that par putt to get up and. But but think about the definition of grinding, dude. You're you're, because you're a pro at it, (laughs) right? Yeah, but I think he he grinds, but he doesn't show it. So, uh,
0: when you think about somebody who's grinding, that means somebody who's like trying to save pars, like save pars, like like not to lose I like, that. like not to lose
1: a round, no, right? I like li- I like not to like let a round go. Yeah, DJ has a lot of birdie opportunities. He doesn't have a lot of par saves. No, he's
0: because <laughs> he's like oh, I got a par
1: save. Okay, because he's like that. That last
0: hole that he had that he got up and down on, he doesn't he doesn't think about like uh he he lets it go. He so just lets it go. And he gets he goes from grinding on one shot on hole whatever where he slapped it into the woods or whatever he did, to on the very next shot he's no longer in
1: grind mode. Well, I think though the time he does go to grind mode, he completely like his system doesn't work. That's why he's shitting majors. He shit his pants in majors, yeah, and I, I think that's the reason he lo- loses he's a just, shot and whatever, yeah. And he just kind of, and it may not. Maybe he just doesn't have that mode. Maybe he's just like, oh, fuck it, I ain't gonna grind. Like I'm just not gonna grind. Like maybe it's just I a, don't
0: have it today. I don't have it today. Whatever
1: it is, but I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm there, gonna. I'm gonna rip heaters what, and go see I, Paulina. I, mean, I
0: I will say from what I witnessed over the last month with him, is that, and it's a it's it's cliche at this point but that dude is the epitome of one shot at a time the epitome of it i mean the fact that he made the 15 million dollar like four or five footer at the end and just gave it a double fist pump that's, that's all it. he fucking did what he's he's a one shot at a time it, it obviously money didn't fucking matter but
1: no no it, he they I think they took a survey. You probably you should Google it, look it up. Like, who's the most talented guy? Like, by far and away, that by the peers, yeah. of the PGA, he is. Like, it's not even close.
0: Well, he's an athlete, one. He's a specimen. Like, the guy's just he's ripped. Hit he, the way he his spine angle at impact. It's dumb blows me away. Yeah, how he, he stays he, in it. He clears his hips so much and is able to do what he does better than... Now, I, w- I will say I was watching some slow-mo on Morikawa, though. Morikawa's freaking muddy. Yeah. Like, dude, he his impact position is stupid good.
1: Well, Dustin, he I, saw, I heard him get interviewed yesterday, and he goes... He was talking about his swing and his pronation of his left yeah. wrist. Yeah. And he goes... He goes. This the way I've always swung is this, I I keep I keep the club face square every point of my swing. So with his body. Yep. He's like I just that's how I do it. So like that's why his wrist is like that because yeah. it's keeping that square club face. He's all just holding the way it. Through. He's holding it as how he's going to hold yes. through impact and everything. Yeah. I was like he never really releases right. His body releases,
0: not his hands at all.
1: Yeah, and he generates 125, 126, 130 miles an hour. When he wants to rip, dude, he and, can rip. And you,
0: and you saw me last week as we're hitting my Mizuno's, and I'm the polar opposite. I'm like cupped at the top with a shut freaking face.
1: Yeah, because yeah, I think your grip is good though, so you're able to save it.
0: I wanna, I I gotta get back more to neutral. I think well, that's that's gotta from a. I I don't want to be that. I gotta get that. That's place. not your grip. That's just your wrist. I know. I want to I want to get there if I can. That that's one thing I want to work on.
1: Maybe if you do a little more turn, then you don't have to worry about like because maybe you feel like you have to get a little more.
0: I think it's been a natural thing since I was a you know like maybe it's because I felt like I had to hinge or something and it and what it instead of actually because there is no hinge. I have my, my I can't hinge. Like look at this. I don't. Does anybody hinge? Can I don't it, you? Well, oh, we're on a podcast. Look, dude. You can actually hinge your wrist. Look at me. I can't. That I, I got like. What are nah, do you doing? What are you doing? Sort of, I guess. I'm like, but who? I don't grip a club like this, and then I don't know.
1: I don't. I don't hinge in my top. I don't want to. I want to. I think I want to neutralize that. I want to feel like my my right hand is pushing down.
0: I'm gonna try that, man. I, gotta, I like so, that idea. I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna go grab an Elijah
0: Craig. Yeah, we're gonna do that. Um, hang on, everybody. We will be right back, and we'll talk more about whatever bullshit we talk about. So, we, uh, so we're back. Uh, we actually took a much longer break than probably it seems um, in the breakage here. Um, I, we actually listened back just to figure out, like, where the heck we were uh, in that. And I love the transition of, so I'm going to go
1: have an Elijah
0: Craig. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going to go grab an Elijah yeah, Craig. I'm going to go grab a bourbon. Mark. Bourbon bag. Mark had a small batch just sitting on the counter, yep, so was "Just like, had it sitting on the back I was counter." Like, well, so. hey, uh, hey. moth flew in the wine, so. so I I I stopped that. But, but that that hey, you're, we're a little which poor. we'll be giving a review yeah.
0: uh, on the wine later, by the way.
1: So yeah, we were talking about you know we're always trying to tweak shit. So I I finally went and we've talked about this off here. I finally went and got like a, a lesson from a real guy. Love this, by the way, and. I have never. I'm a self-taught guy. I've kind yep. of talked about it. Yep. I've had like maybe one or two lessons in my life, sure. and they weren't from like guys or anybody that was. No, I don't even know if they knew what they were doing. I've had three
0: lessons in my life. That's it.
1: So we're pretty in similar boats. Yep. But went to a guy. Uh, he's here at uh, Woodland Country Club. His name's Jason Carbone. Um, he is a top hundred golf magazine. Golf instructor. Golf
0: He's Digest, Golf Magazine. One of the one of the yeah. two publications. Pu- it was it's rated him top one hundred in the nation
1: since like two thousand
0: seven. He's been doing this a while.
1: So he was at Baltusrol. Yep. Baltusrol. what ba- What is Balt- that? What Baltusrol. is what is there? What has been there? Maryland, right? Yeah. yeah, but what's been there? There's is there been? Uh, any? Is it the, either
0: the PGA or the U.S. Open has been there? One okay. or the other.
1: So it's a really good golf club, yeah. right?
0: Oh, I mean, top notch.
1: Okay. Top notch, Denny. <laughs> Top notch. <laughs> <laughs> so, went to Jason uh, actually yesterday. And, you know, I, I've, I've, I um, I don't know if I, we, we talk about our struggles in our golf game, just like every other guy talks about their. Oh, New it, Jersey, actually. New Didn't Jersey? Yeah. Okay, okay. Go
0: ahead. Oh, that's right. He said he, his wife hated New Jersey. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, (laughs) fault is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They've had a PGA there. Let's see what else. Uh, PGA. They've had PGA championships there. They've had some US Open. They've had two. The recents are PGAs. They had some US Opens back in the day as well.
1: And US amateurs, women's. There you go. Well, okay. So I wanted to go a guy that knew what the hell he's doing. He's not. You know, he's priced accordingly. Um, but it was fantastic down to business from the get go, no chit chat. So, so let, let's, let's
0: back up just a scotch. scoach, just a scotch. Um, why did you feel the need, John, to go see a professional?
1: Well, it, I was not having fun since the club, cha- actually before the club championship, my, when I'd stand over the golf ball, especially over the tee and with the driver, hand I was like, I was like. I have to use every bit of my concentration and hand-eye coordination just to guide this thing out there. Just to, just to steer that thing somehow in the fairway. Somehow get it there without lo- a smother lo- hook.
0: Love, love the feeling of steering a golf ball.
1: I mean, it was just not
0: fun. Yeah. No, that's not good. So... Nice, when, r- that makes you feel real fluid. Real fluid, real, and it, real it, relaxed. And then it transitions into you know the next swing, too, I'm sure. So
1: you're putting so much pressure on every other part of your yeah. game just to hang on you're to, like, like 78.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Hey, by the way, according to the statistics we shared, would still be really good in the whole scheme of U.S. golf. So, yeah, I mean,
1: I became like a mo- freaking mo- 70- apparently,
0: apparently, most golfers
1: shoot around 90 well i mean but it's all relative right sure. i mean 78 for you and i are just it's not it's okay it's not a good round i'm not hating my day but i'm not happy with no that. no it's just not very what but, it, but it's all relative it's kind of like the,
0: well you know what the guy that shoots usually 90 when he shoots 87 he isn't necessarily ecstatic but i bet you i guarantee you when he shoots like low 80s he's like feeling pretty good yeah
1: and Look, and he's going to have his issues. He wants to, but if he's shooting 92 all the time and he's not comfortable, he's not improving, he's going to go, hopefully, go get some help. So I finally got to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm done with this shit. And that's why I went. And I wish I would have went a long time ago. Yeah. You know, because I've had guys here at the club try to, you know, Give you pointers. Pointers whatever. and think what they're doing, range, you know, try to. But this guy, he was like, you know, Sling Blade, the guy. Like, you know how when he has that like bring he fixes those lawnmowers and sling blade. You ever seen the movie Sling Blade? So <laughs> they, can't, fi- time, they can't they can't figure out what's wrong with the mower. And he just opens up the gas tank and it's empty. He's like, Yeah, thinks the simplest things first. And that's what this guy did for me. First thing he looked at was like, your grip grip was Your just grip sucks it sucks it's like it's it's like the way and they did some tests is like you can't he's like there's only like one guy that's ever been successful his name's David Duval. he goes but you you aren't even close to clearing in any type of way the way he did yeah to be able to do so to make that grip work yeah and there's is this that's a you know David Duval was an incredible oh, prodigy, no, number one player. He's a prodigy, and like that number guy, one could, player in the world. He could possibly also why
0: he fell off the place, the, the planet. Could potentially, be. could be because he, he started. He started he missing, stopped lap, being didn't. able to clear the hips because he got older. You have a next, p- thing you know, you don't
1: change your grip. Dunzo. He so you know I got some pointers to change the grip. You know, do some little some different with my stance, release earlier, and you know, commit to. And I was like. By the end of the hour, I mean I was hitting drives that I haven't felt in like years but ball went higher right got higher more... and I didn't feel like i had to try but you didn't have to try no I
0: feel like well, I... your driver set at what 12 degrees
1: no yeah. I got to put I put back down to 10 and a half 10 and a half 10 and a half okay, normal because yeah. I knew it has nothing to it's not that
0: yeah it's all how I did he have you on a trackman or anything or just like no nope. just look he took at videos. You.
1: He took video and he okay, I, a, well,
0: I, that was kind of where I was going. I was like, "Okay, what technology did he
1: include?" He's, he done? uses a uh, an, uh, assist, like swing catalyst. Yep. And he sent me this yep. YouTube video upload and show me comparisons, you draw lines and shit like that on yeah. it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I've got. I'll send that to you. Take a look. Okay. Yeah. Um. But you know, I, here's the thing that I I think I would take from is like, just go to a good professional that has a track record. Like, just do it. Just go it'll make things just, just better on your mind because you, at least you'll have something to commit to that you can, like, try to improve yeah. on your game because everybody's been at the point where, like, fuck, I'm giving up golf. Fuck this shit. I'm just kind of done with it. And I was getting that point. I was like, this sucked.
0: Yeah, was when you go, start going backwards a little bit and start fiddling too much. Yeah, because
1: yeah. I, I, I was playing really well, but I felt the whole time, even when I was playing well, kind of relate to Tiger when he won the Masters and he still want to change his swing. No, I'm not, but I'm saying that mindset. I was like, I was playing well, shoot like low 70s, like all the time, even broke 70 once. But I knew something, I was, it was all timing. And I know golf swing has some time. Well, but yeah. like, but if you feel like every time you're trying to time that up, that is not good. No, it's not good. You know, you what should I mean. be able to
0: have a little miss where your timing is off a little bit, but it's not like penalizing off. Yeah. You I know what it. I mean? Yep, I do. I mean, I think you do. You get to a point in your game, and it doesn't matter what your handicap is. I mean, um, you could get to a point where you just get kind of stale in your game, if you will, right? So, like, let's say you're the 10 handicap or the 8 handicap that just, like, feels like, I've been here. I can't move the needle. And I'm not talking about senior Bob that has been a 10 handicap for the last 12 years ever since he retired because you know he just lingers around at 12 i'm not talking about that guy i'm talking about somebody who's been working on their game trying to improve um, feels like they still have potential you know to improve not not somebody who is no offense to senior bob but senior bob gave up like probably 10 years ago like he's like he knew he wasn't going to get any better so he's like he's very comfortable being a 10 or a 12 or something like that and like
1: it's kinda of like golf's become kinda of like church. It's just the socialized behavior. Yeah, right. On.
0: He's going, he's having a good time. He knows he makes putts. He knows he takes some money off you sometimes. He knows he pays money to you sometimes. But he's very comfortable being a center twelve. Absolutely. And he knows he'll he knows he'll fuck with your head because he makes putts and has a wicked short game, right? Whatever. But he just lingers around that ten, twelve handicap gap and he's great. Whatever. I'm not talking about that guy. I'm talking about somebody who's truly trying to improve. And I think you do get to a point where you feel like, and this I will say, and we referenced Michael earlier, um, um, or did we reference? Well, actually, we'll, we'll reference Michael later in the podcast, actually. But uh, Michael Hart, who's somebody that um, has gotten to the point where, like, he is—he's a younger guy. He felt he feels like he's got like stuck where he's at, and he, like he's like, I'm trying to find something, and I think we all get to the point where you get stuck in a place, and you're like, I start, you start. Fiddling and tweaking, and you're like looking for something. And to me, I look at, I follow this GCT forum or whatever on Facebook, and these guys will post videos and be like, I'm doing this. What do you think? Or there's my buddy's swing. What do you think? And I'm like, and three out of 10 comments are like, go see a pro. And to me, Michael finally, he went and saw a pro last week. You went and saw a pro this week. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody looking at your swing live and in person, and telling you, "Hey, here's what I think you might be doing wrong, or here's what I think could improve what you're doing."
1: Do you, well here. I got a, a I, you get, I've got a little different.
0: Everybody gets to a point. I guess my 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 bottom line there was everybody gets to a point where they got to they feel like they got to tweak something.
1: Well, I, I agree, but I think there's different degrees. So I I would say like you're anywhere from a, you know. A eight handicap and above, the first things you should be working on in the most of your time is your putting and your short game, your chipping 125 yards in in. That's the number one thing that'll bring that handicap down. It'll keep bringing it down once you get good at that. And everybody can get it good at that. Yeah. It's not that hard to hit a wedge, even with I, a bad swing. I agree. And there's people
0: that will disagree with you on that, but I totally agree with you in that. What helps in that scenario is it makes the misses less painful.
1: Yes, because you can get up and down.
0: People don't get that because they think about, like, the guy who's the 15 or even the 18 handicap or whatever, and he thinks, but I miss hit so many, right? They don't hit them perfect. And they got, like, they duff them or they top them or they just hit big slices that go way right. But what if you can hit a pitch shot that gets you on the green and you can two putt for bogey? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or you somehow you get a par. Because yeah because you hit a good pitch. Right.
0: Point. And then and then you end up because you hit a good pitch and then you end up maybe making the 15 footer but for par.
1: My point to that is I don't think you need to like go to like you could go to a pro to learn some short game techniques, but that's a lot of just practice. Yeah. Now, I think it's a difference once you start getting the five, four. Three handy, like a little bit below. Yeah. I think better players start having tendencies to like, like the left miss. Like, that's a miss for, like, yeah. it's a dreaded miss for, like, good players, I think. Like, you just start All missing there? left. Like, it's just in your head. Yep. So, you know, I, I was comfortable. Like, I didn't bring up putting, chipping, anything shit with it. I'm, I'm good with that. Like, I'm fine. I could always improve. Yeah. But I think I'm pretty good at that part. And I could keep getting better, but I think that requires my own practice. Just like putting, I was like, that, if you don't stay sharp with that, you're just, you're aft you're and then it gets in your head. But uh, you, practice on your own with putting. That, but going to a swing guy for me and like showing my fundamental flaws, and then, you know, then we're, cause he's like, he told me, he's like, hey, you have a good swing. Like you have a lot of good stuff going on here. And that's usually guys that are probably three or four handicaps or lower. He just tweaked a few things and like, Oh my God, I was like freaking light bulb went on. Yeah. was awesome.
0: And I think there's some guys out there that are, are worried that, um, there's going to be a pro that's going to like overhaul them or they're going to go in and, um, it's going to be more work than they maybe anticipated, you know, going into it. Um, but to me, that's, like, anything, right? Like, you don't know until you try. Yeah. And, like, you hadn't done this forever. You, you were, like, homemade for whatever. Like, what? So my question to you is, what made you decide that I'm going to go
1: get a lesson? What made you decide? I, I just, I thought about going, like, I think what made me decide is, like, okay, I'm going to go play golf. So, you know, some competitive stuff coming up. And then I'm playing. Right, I'm not having fun. I'm, like, because I, I just, I wasn't having as much fun playing golf. And I love golf. It's a disease that I love. It is a disease we have. And so, and I was like, "It's like, I got to get, I, I need somebody to show me that knows what the hell they're doing. You know, what I'm doing wrong. And it was that, that, that was my decision. That was my turning point. Like it was after the club championship. I was like, fuck, you know, I didn't perform well in that, you know, I had some success earlier in the season. And I, I just, I felt this whole year, like something was just not there. Yeah. And it's fundamentals. And that's just, I I think I just got to the point where I wasn't having as much fun. It I was like, and I don't want to lose that, you know, like lose having, you know, fun with golf. If I do that, what the fuck? That would be terrible. It
0: it it sucks to go backwards, right? I mean, everybody wants to feel like they, I mean, I go back to the hanging around, like old Bob, right? Like where you can hang around a handicap. But if you start going like truly backwards, like at some point you got to be like, okay, what the fuck happened?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was going backwards for a little bit. Sure,
0: I mean, I get it.
1: Yeah, I mean. So
0: I, what does um, what he have you working on? And um, what are you practicing right
1: now? So grip, release early. Okay. I mean, that's the biggest things. And he's like, he even said, he's like, so look. D- like, he's right, like.
0: Wait, wait, well, let's back up here. So grip, grip is easy. Like, I think a lot of people can relate to the right grip. I think there's a. Um, I see a lot of guys out here that I look at the way they grip the club, and I'm like, who the fuck taught you how to grip it like that, whatever, and maybe nobody ever taught them anything. But release early. I want you to describe what that means to you, because that, to a lot of guys, might, like, be, I mean, there might be, like, light bulbs or freaking red flags freaking flying, like, release early. Because when, when you say release early to me, I think, like, casting. Like, I think, like, like like flip
1: i am thinking 747
0: flip it what what, it, what does but, release early mean
1: but i think it, it's probably not fair to like say like this instruction works for other types no I, i'm i'm so, not
0: saying that yes i'm definitely not i'm not suggesting whatever you're about to tell everybody here is something that they should try i'm just want to know like in the context of your swing um 'Cause there might be somebody that still relates to this. In the context of your swing, what does release early so, mean?
1: Like you and I, we use our bodies pretty well yeah. during a swing. And so we're both like I he was like Jason was saying, like, you use your body too much. Okay. Um, he 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 goes, you need to think of fast arms. Fast hand, fast arms. Like getting So that's, you know, almost like at your top of your swing, you're thinking about almost like closing that thing at the top like moving your right hand down to the ground. Okay. Like it, my body's already moving. So, like I'm already I'm already doing that. So I'm not casting if I'm, you know, already sure. moving. Now I think if somebody that doesn't know how to move their body, yeah. It's going to be a cast. It's going to be all arms. Yeah. Like that's it. So yours is
0: different cuz you do you make you make a turn. Yes. Like that is one thing that I will say in your golf swing that actually makes it look weird to a lot of people. Is that you turn your torso better than most? Yeah, you do. You make you make a good hip turn. You make a good shoulder turn, and you do that. And and so what? Maybe what he's saying is you're like it's like almost like your arms are along for the ride, and what he wants you to do is put those in a better position.
1: Well, I mean, I I really think he means like once you are so you get at the backswing, like. It, the fastest you can try to... You can't do it, dude. When you really make a good turn yeah. and you try to release, our, you can't do it. No, if, you're, if you're fundamentally you're right, set up...
0: You're right, right because you, everything has to lag.
1: Yes. Right?
0: Yes, it, it has to. If you're firing your hips right, there's now, no way... Now,
1: if Senior Bob's just moving his arms like this, like, yeah. that's different. That's casting.
0: That is, We're making a t-shirt, Senior Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Senior Bob's my hero. but <laughs> Senior Bob makes putts. So, Something we have to do, senior Bob.
1: So I would have this such a strong grip before that my I'd be like chicken winged out, like just holding off.
0: Because you're trying almost not. So I'm not releasing at
1: all. Like I'm so it's taken me a lot just to make myself just let it go. Okay. Just let your arms go through there. And it's it's a different feeling, but I can tell you one thing is it feels like that I eliminate that left side that I can swing as hard as I want.
0: So tell all right. So uh, let's go from there. Um, he talked a lot about owning a fade, essentially, and playing a fade to the point where tell tell us what he said about the pros and how they're setting up and playing fades.
1: Well, he said, like, like all, not well. He said, yeah, majority of strong grip pros play fades, and Why? um, because of the way they can release through it. He goes when they're playing their best. Yes. And they feel like they feel like they can get through a golf ball and swing as absolutely hard as they want, and it'll never go left. And it will never go left. And that that's when they're like, that's when they're playing their best golf. And when he told me that, some like started clicking there. Yeah, I was like, if you eliminate that left side, I mean, you you sent me the T shirt. I mean, Ben Hogan, Jack i all play fades. Play fades. Ben Hogan had a huge issue with hooks.
0: I made that T shirt by the way. You want it? I've got it. I'm gonna give it to you. I have one.
1: And I, I like that other one, though. Don't be afraid to fade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want I want to make that t shirt. Oh, yeah. But he was, I think there's or, something. Or the
0: most important thing to do when you're trying to play a fade is fade it. Fa- well, I
1: think, I think that might
0: be a Dustin Johnson quote.
1: <laughs> but there's a <laughs> distinction, too. I think some people think, like, okay, if you're a higher hand at golf, or I think that there's a tendency to come over the top and you True. cast. Really, with those fade swings, you are coming inside yeah you're coming inside you're not coming over the top if, if you're if your stance is open, sure, yeah, well, no, actually no, if you 're closed that's when I, so he'd set me up he's like, look, he's like, I want you to set up like you're hitting a draw, and he had my grip, and it was with the longer club you can you with a, with a shorter club, you would set up more open. But with a longer club, you're clear. You clear so much more. Yeah. So you're coming for more sure. the inside. But I had that, that, you know, the weaker grip. And, dude, I thought I would be hooking the absolute shit. It just went straight.
0: Just dead straight. It went
1: dead straight. Hmm. It, was, it was like.
0: Because you were releasing.
1: Yeah. And I felt, and I was like, he's like. And then I just started going at it. Like swinging like almost hard as I could and i got wound out. but i was like it was it it, it i i love so, and he would take so would, that
0: the, and this is uh this is the second time john and i have talked about this i talked he called me like right after this lesson and 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 like and like pumped. and i just like yeah he was all jacked up and and i'm like just i'm fucking sponge man <laughs> like you know i'm sitting in my car like kids at tennis i'm not doing shits but like he's talking he's like spewing like what happened and i'm like i love all of this and the the one thing that i took away from it was what you just said about the pros on that they feel like they can swing as hard as they can and not go left and i'm like i want to get there so bad that is i so like you had me you had me at not left (laughs) (laughs) that's how scott feels sexton and and that dude Right it's now better.
1: it's getting good.
0: If if he his swing is totally set up with that left to right play that he hits,
1: we talked about it all day. To be day a today really
0: today. good player. Like we, really good player.
1: We talked about it all day. Because his putting is very good. Like very good. Dude, he was hitting irons today like I've never seen. He was a hundred and so on fifteen, which is kinda like that uphill. I'm trying to describe to people you know, that listen to podcasts that don't belong to this club, which is probably you know three, four people. But, so it's an uphill approach shot. He was 165 yards to the flag
0: De- in the wind. Hey, Decker, by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally interject here, but Decker, we're going to get you out here in either September or October because we know you're one
1: of our favorite fans. Okay, go ahead. So 165, I think the flag's in the middle. He's got. I mean, he's been hitting his irons, like, so good all day. And just hitting them far. He hits his eight iron in the wind uphill. It, dude, it flies over the green, like 175. I'm like, he's like, dude, I don't know what. He's like, i just been hitting my irons so much farther. Because he's just made, and it went over the flag. It's not like it was a straight pull.
0: He just, he's hitting them solid.
1: Dude, he hit a wedge on, was it, 14 it was 155 yards to the center of the green, uh, the par three. And I hit a nine. I hit it okay in that part of the hole. And I was underneath the hole. I think, it, yeah, that was in the wind, too. Dude, he did a wedge. And he hit it like, it was like, he buried the hole. It's like four feet. Man, there's something. There's something he found. There's he found. He's, he's found.
0: You, you know, you really think about this. And like, I think about um, guys de lofting clubs and really like, Getting that shaft lean and
1: that that lead arm. Now he does address, he does address the club. When I told him this, it's like, dude, you're turning I said exactly, like, you're turning that eight iron into a seven. Mm-hmm. Because the way he addressed like here's the ball, yep. and he's putting his hand at a dress probably like two or three inches in front. That's fine. I don't do I, that.
0: Oh, I do. I don't I, a lot of people do.
1: I don't do it. I,
0: I and I I may Maybe even, a little bit. I will say I even it's almost like my trigger. I, I have a tendency to like kind of like lean the shaft forward like a little bit there's and nothing then wrong go. With it. but like in um, but I, to I man I there's something about this essentially like holding off on stuff but still releasing the body and the arms
1: you, um, the holding off is
0: not good no no not the holding off like the I'm sorry the the hand position and the and the releasing the arms and trying to play a fade well a he had me set
1: sense. he had me like the way that he got me set up and way certain, I don't feel like I'm holding off anything yeah I almost feel like I'm fighting uh that feeling well, that I was hey, holding off all the time
0: cousins just won the club championship playing a fade the whole way around so what what you do hey do you
1: he, only, there's, gotta, only,
0: there's only one hole out here where a fade doesn't work only one and that's number eight that is the only hole on this entire no, golf not, course. Not during
1: the club championship. Well,
0: he apparently got away with it.
1: Well, but it wasn't set oh. up back.
0: All right. The well, let's not talk about course setup. Generally speaking, there's only one hole out here that doesn't play well for a fade. So.
1: So if you got to manufacture a fade, I, I mean I mean a, a, a draw, I I can do that. If I need to do it,
0: I can flip it. No, you
1: can draw the ball anytime you want. And I could too, but now the way that I'm doing I don't like
0: I kind of I I like this idea of moving toward a fade. Dude, I is, really do. I
1: think it's you can you can release so it, much I better. I did it
0: 2 years ago and I and it because my thought my game went to shit and I was like screw it, I'm going to play fade and I've kept doing it with the driver
1: but I don't do it with any other club. I just think you can swing through it and not have to worry about like, I have to, I, I remember a way of like, I have to worry about everything.
0: Yeah, I got to work. All right, I got to think about this. <laughs> I got nothing to lose. I just got new irons. Wedges aren't coming seasons, for, like, fucking three weeks. Seasons nothing. coming to Dude, an end. Tideless, by the way. Holy shit, how backed up are they? Like, whether it's COVID or whatever. I don't get I, that. I ordered this crap over a month ago from them and I'm still three weeks out from a my wedges. That doesn't make any sense
1: to me. Like, how can COVID cause people not to make but yet,
0: clubs? But yet, I got I got my Mizunos in, like, two weeks.
1: I don't get that. I
0: got my whole iron set in two weeks, but I, wedges are going to take a month and a half? That doesn't make any sense.
1: I I mean, I would just go buy off the rack the sm8s but i want i want a different shaft
0: the half inch i want a different shaft and i want the half inch i need the half inch longer to match my whole set my so.
1: 58 is already worn out
0: yeah uh, well i that's one thing so we'll get into my debauchery here real quick so i'm i'm a mess too
1: <laughs> um hey i'm on i think like i i think i hit my rock bottom I think I'm starting to come, like starting to come back up. I,
0: I will. I, hey, I know I will come back, but I'm a mess. I mean, I've got three putters <laughs> sitting here. I told John, I own three putters that I bought. He goes,
1: "Here's what he's. Oh, first of all, don't off. He came out with three putters. He's like, here, look, look at, the, look at these, look at, look at, look at these. <laughs> so here's the one I hit this year. I have here's I, the one I, last there, year. I
0: have three number nine. I had a lot of putts with this one, dude. I have I have three number nine Odysseys. Three. Three different versions. Uh, they're all these, you know, essentially uh, curved blade freaking putters. And, I mean, I got so obsessed. So I, I've got this um, this number nine stroke lab that I bought last year. Um, and I am not an alignment aid guy. So I've been playing for the last two seasons, I've been playing a, um, a tour spider, tailor-made tour spider that has, it's blank, it's just a black putter head, no alignment, no anything, I've been playing that for two years, and I've been actually putting pretty well with it, well, in the last month and a half, two months, I've been pushing a lot of, especially short putts, um, and missing them right, and it's like, starting to dri- it, it basically started to drive me crazy to the point where I was, I was practicing my putting, I was working on it, I was still missing, I was still pushing stuff right, whatever, so Um, Knowing that, um, I also played these number nine putters. I know they have extreme toe hang, extreme, meaning these help you with a more arch stroke to close the putter face as you come through. Okay, So extreme toe hang type of putter. Um, I'm like, I got to go back to the number nine. And the week of the club championship uh, last week, I switched back to um, one of my number nines um and look at this one they're this but they're, all, like, they're, just, they're, they're all, all they're just they're all good looking
1: they're all good looking they all
0: have they basically all have different uh finishes to them that's the best way to describe it the the one that i have here is the this is the versa nine um and then i have a metal milled versa um nine ht this one is a little bit wider um, it also has some some weights that I can change out in it. It also has a metal face to it versus the uh, the like white hot insert um, face. And then of course, after all of that, because even though this the the, uh, the spider was so great to me for the last year, even last year I went out and I bought the um, the Stroke Lab number nine, and the biggest difference to the Stroke Lab was that it had an alignment line now i'm not an alignment line guy and i play probably played this two rounds and it's just been sitting in my trunk or sitting in my office why don't for, you
1: try the alignment line one time
0: i did i played it for like two rounds i hated it you hated it i fucking hate it, it, it it's just i get focused on the alignment line i get focused on like where i'm going i just want like pick a target yeah. hit the ball toward the target i don't
1: that's good but did, I, I think a lot of, like you so i think so, you know when you got me a new grip. I'm going to
0: take a picture of this. I'm going to share it on Instagram as part of this. Though, I literally... I filled in the alignment line with epoxy. <laughs> and then I put a piece of tape over the whole thing. And I, I basically turned it into... I basically turned it into a, a two-ball putter. With, so, uh, with this white freaking shit. But anyway.
1: So, I just think, like... So, I went to... Remember you switched me into this claw grip. Yeah. And it was my choice. It wasn't like hey, you pushing you have, it. Do you have that
0: weight by the way? Still
1: somewhere. I think I do. Okay.
0: If I could get that back cuz I need an extra 50. I think it was a 50 gram weight. I'd love to have it back. Yeah, I think I would pay you like
1: 25 bucks for I'll, it too.
0: 15 10. No, well, you, I'll give it back. it was gotta, 25 bucks. But, but I don't you know.
1: think I don't know what the hell I did with it. I got I, no, Actually, I do have it. It's in the basement. Okay. I, I have wanna get I want to get it
0: back because I this is a 75 so, gram and I want to put the 50 in. So, here's the thing that yeah. I know
1: is like I, I found something like that worked and I fucked with it. Yep. And I shouldn't have. And my so that even roll grip is a great grip. It was a great grip. You should try that grip, by the way. You oh. might like it.
0: So this is a one stroke lap. This is actually I didn't even know when I bought this. This is smaller than the one that I have on my um uh the spider. I think And actually
1: I think a grip, it matters more than the putter head.
0: Um, I think the grip and the weight of the putter are the most important things. The grip is you so have important. To, you have to be very comfortable with the weight, but meaning club head weight. And this is where I go to the counterbalance. Just general weight of shaft, putter, grip, head. I think you have to be very comfortable with the weight of the putter. And you have to be, and I, I don't know. And the grip the grip has to feel fit your hands.
1: I think when you, I don't know, if you, don't know, you I'm lose t- confidence... I'm, I'm, if you dude, just, I'm tinkering right If you now. lose confidence in your... I even bought
0: a fucking $100 head cover, for God's sakes. That's how fucking... That's like Pate. It is. I feel like I'm Pate right now. <laughs> I bought a fucking swag golf head cover because I wanted to be more like Pate. <laughs> so I can figure out how to
1: putt. Well, he was having problems putting until I shot... Until I went with him last weekend. He shot 67... I saw that, and he should have. He should have shot sixty five, like he was dropping putts like crazy. Well,
0: that's what he does. That's fucking. But he, bait.
1: but he'd been putting like shit. He said.
0: I will. I will share that GIF as well, the Pate GIF.
1: He said he wasn't putting well before that because he just needed me.
0: He, uh... in the club championship, he didn't. He he, he made a ton of putts on Friday, and then I think he fell apart. But.
1: He's usually he's he's just but Dude, he's, one of, he is, he's, a he's streaky, one of the best putters out here. He's a he's one of the best putters. He's a streaky putter,
0: but he's one, still one of the best putters. Yeah. That guy knows how to read greens and he puts aggressively and so what this is the only thing I've witnessed with him. He reads greens really well. He puts very much like Mickelson and that he he freaking just goes to fucking hole shit. He doesn't he doesn't putt to miss. He puts to make. Yeah. And when he misses, some sometimes it's either a misread or he blows it by because of the misread. And then he and then maybe he doesn't make the comebacker because of pressure or whatever it is. Those are the only mistakes he makes. Otherwise, he makes more putts than he misses because he putts aggressively. And that's what I love about his putting game. I love it. I love, it. I love watching him putt. I, ha- I hate it and I love it at the same time. I hate it when I'm fucking losing money to him. But I love it because I'm like, dude, this guy reads screens and fucking makes putts.
1: Who's the best putter in a club? Matt Payne. You think?
0: All, all day. Well, next, is, uh, next to Chris McCann.
1: <laughs> McCann's good. He's good. Dude,
0: McCann makes putts. And for, for a 10 or 8 handicap or whatever McCann is, dude makes putts. And I, and I, I haven't played enough golf with Tim Grace. Everybody I talk to, He's a good putter. I've played with him like maybe two rounds in four years out here. Everybody says the do- dude is just a great putter. Just a great putter.
1: I think you and I are up there with putting. We're good putters.
0: I'm a streaky putter.
1: Um, I'm the best par-save putter you've
0: ever met. You are the best par-save putter I've ever met. You are not the best birdie putter I've I know. ever met.
1: I, I'm, a f- I'm trying to figure that out. Trying to figure that out, and I don't you, know what you, that is. You,
0: you you lag a great butter, birdie putt. You lag a great birdie putt.
1: I know it sucks, but if there's a eight I mean, foot, if there's an eight foot your par, par putt, your par
0: tap in ratio has to be phenomenal.
1: So, eight eight foot par saves. Good.
0: You want oh, me. dude, I want here's I want here's two times I want you. I want you for a million dollars or my life from ten feet and in um for a par for a par, if, if it's for a par. <laughs> and I I definitely not uh, a birdie. I also want you in a scramble after you've seen it three other times because it's fucking good. Well because once you have the line and you've seen it multiple gone. times it's fucking good. Yeah I can get the line. Like you getting the ball online is not the problem. Usually it's a mistrust on the speed or a mistrust on the distance once you've seen the putt it's fucking good and once it is also like to make sure you don't have a shit hole it's for some reason it's fucking good too i don't know but
1: yeah i just want to make sure that i i'll stay in it well, I go to a different. I'd go to a different mode,
0: and and that's the only professional advice I've ever given to you is to stay down on a putt because you have you have a tendency to like pop up and watch them. For and some I think reason. about that. I do think and, about that. And that's the only. If I if I were a you know, pro golfer that gave freaking swing advice or golf advice, that was probably the only tip I ever gave helped. you. That probably well actually, you gave probably
1: a better one
0: what,
1: advice what's on that? putting. You, oh, the claw. You were the one you'd been you'd at the call. I was like, all right, I, I'm gonna give this a try. I and you were doing it. I was on Facebook telling some guy to do it last night, and you were doing it, and it was like, and you and saw I how it. smooth the stroke was, and I was like, it changed. It changed the stroke right. smoother. It was like, it was like Web Simpson last yippee?
0: I'm, I'd, I mean, I'm literally on Facebook last night, never
1: gonna leave that grip,
0: and some guy is like he posts his golf swing he's like what should i do i'm taking the club too far outside and i looked at his swing and i'm like ball looked like it went straight i'm like i'm like dude you have a lot he's he's like well my putting i do the same thing i take it outside and what was funny is he then shared videos of his putting stroke and he has this huge arcing freaking putting stroke like mine it may start a little bit out but he brings it so far back in that it ends up being some huge arcing stroke and i was just like dude go to the claw it'll st- one it'll straighten you out and then two it'll get you focused on
1: you ever see these guys that shit? like start from the outside like in their club face is closed and they start from the outside and they hit it And like and they this and like push it and yeah, no and they like it gets straight dude that's how that's how grace kind of puts oh
0: grace absolutely putts like that. It's crazy. No, it's Paul Azinger. It's a push stroke. I ha- I can't stand it. It's bizarro. I can't. So, I, you basically set up with... Zach it. Braun does it. You basically, Yes, he does too. You set up with like an O pants. I, I you just, basically I, cut I, across I, the I, I, not I, I, I can't. I can't take and it. Az- and Azinger did it for years. It,
1: it, like chalkboards, like scratching. Reminds yeah. me of that.
0: Azinger did it for years, dude. It was, it's ugly as shit.
1: Well, this was... Uh, this was good, man. I mean, I, I think that I think we need to do more lesson type stuff, like talk about this specific. maybe we make it a well, segment? I between lessons and
0: the mental game. We need to get Colby back on. I think uh, I ran into him in the parking lot um, last week. He'd like to be back on. He wants to treat us out to a round at uh, Woodwind. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we're gonna we're gonna get out there. Uh, with Colby's gonna but I what I want to do next time we play with Colby though we play like in the spring with Colby right and then we had him on the pod and whatever else but um Colby's great guy great I mean but he did a whole book on the mental game I I love it and what we should do when we go like we played with him just for fun I want to go play around and I want to ask him like on every like what would you do here
1: we both have pretty decent rounds we played with him
0: Oh, we did. We played well with them. I think I lost money, like I have all year. But
1: <laughs> I'm down too, man. I'm won some money against you, but I'm still down to other people. But you know what we won? We won uh, some member member money, some some cash prizes there. Yeah, five six hundred bucks. Yeah, treat ourselves to a
0: well until until tomorrow. So let's let we'll do we're going to do one little brief segment. So. Pro golf ends, club championship ends, all this stuff, at least the season ends. But we have our, I believe, what will be our last event of the Players Club I think we have week.
1: one next week. We have one this week and next.
0: Um, Do we have well, two? Ne- next week is going to be the club. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the club. Is the Champions yep. Cup. Okay. But this week for the Players Club, we have our Intercontinental Championship. I posted uh, on the faded golf Instagram, or it's to me. This is like, like I love, I love the players champ, the players championship because it's it's just it's kind of the start out. It's a Stableford. It's got that badass freaking like, um, uh, pitcher whatever that freaking trophy is. The they uh, had a chance to win that one. I know you were in there, and then the Masters is awesome because you win the jacket. You win the smoking jacket and the cup, and it's fucking great. But the wrestling belts of the Intercontinental Championship, to me, I'm like, you draw the- drawing the right partner and be, having a chance to win that. Like it, it all so comes down to this. If you get like, if you get like Pat Chitman, I dude, I I'm, you're gonna win. I'm like, let's fucking go. You're gonna win. I mean, maybe. Depends on if Pat you, shows up.
1: Are you like a... He's practicing right now. Good. He is.
0: I'd like to get Garfield right now. I saw him practicing, too. He's a freaking new member.
1: What's his handicap? like? A,
0: he's, he's like a 6.9. He's good. I know. He's got a good swing. Right? Good swing. Guy that's going to get a few pops on the front nine. Not bad. <laughs> Not going to help you in the two-man... Well, actually, here's the thing. Might make a putt in the two-man scramble because he's got a decent game. She's not getting me strokes in the two-man scramble, but...
1: I like being able to see putts in the two-man I mean, scramble.
0: I, I This this event, so it's the way the Intercontinental is, it's a two-man um, uh, event. Front nine is a two-man best ball. Back nine is a two-man scramble. And then this year is new. We, we, we shook it up. We, we ended it at that last year. This year, though, top five teams going to a par-three shootout. In a pine, in a modified awesome. Pinehurst, awesome. which I
1: love. So, is it is the Calcutta going to be dependent on the f- on on that, right? Yes, okay. all the way to the end. I like so, that.
0: last three places of the shootout will pay out in the Calcutta. So, tomorrow night we have a Calcutta. There are. Um, uh, 18 teams. I will video it and you can post it on our Instagram account. I'll well, video some stuff. I, we might go live from the Faded Golf tomorrow night, like live on Instagram. Let's do it. From the frickin' Calcutta. Let's do it.
1: Or we could go Facebook. Yeah,
0: Facebook live or Instagram live. We're gonna do one or the other. I think for just for at least for a little bit, we'll see. It, uh, How if long it gets can you go on Instagram
1: live? We can go forever, dude. It'll let you go forever. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I'll just off film and yeah. who's gonna be doing the uh, uh, so, Pate... So the draw'll
0: be kind of fun in that um, we'll draw the first player. So whether that's an A or B player that we draw, and then that player will come up and draw their partner. So I think it'll be kind of fun the way we do it, and that it's not necessarily up to like just the guy drawing stuff. Like we're gonna dr- we'll draw one, and then that person will come up and draw their partner, which'll be kind of cool. So. Um, I like it. That'll be a, a good that way it's like your fate is determined by whoever the fuck you draw. But I like it. Uh, so we got it's it's basically an A B championship. So we took all the we took the top uh, half of the guys and we put them into an A bucket. We took the 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 rest of the group, we put them in the B bucket and we'll pair an A player gets paired with a B player. That's the way this tournament works. It is handicapped, 90% handicaps. Um, based on best ball, and then also uh, based on the scramble. We're going live. Be fun. We're going live. I think it'll be a fun, and we'll go. We definitely will go live uh, in the shootout on Friday. As long so, as we're both not in it. Well, yeah. If we're in it, we probably won't go live. If one of us,
1: we could get somebody to watch it.
0: If uh, if one of us is not in the shootout, which is probably likely, <laughs> uh, uh, if, we'll, if it has we'll, anything to do we'll with losing live. money, yeah. We'll probably, but, but we've got a cool Calcutta we're we're gonna do before this. It'll be fun and um, cool event. But uh, so if you guys saw those belts and the shirts and whatever else we did, sunglasses, whatever the fuck else I did, but uh, that uh, that's all part of that event on Friday. It's a it's a TPC which is all the neighbors in the uh, the Chatham neighborhood here. We're we're looking to we're looking to grow and expand. I want I want, I want like some big freaking event one day. I think we're gonna. It's going to be a faded golf um, sponsored tournament. We're going to do some big shit. It'll be fun.
1: 60, 70 guys.
0: I I want to take over a whole golf course. I
1: like it. Let's do
0: it. It won't have to be our golf course, but it can be any golf course.
1: Well, let's try some vino.
0: All right, man. We're going to get into that. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. All right, everybody. We are back. Um, We are. So John is not a wine guy not a vino guy not a wine guy and we've we've tasted one wine on the show and it was with michael hart um and uh michael uh loves loves some wine loves some tequila he's a he's a connoisseur he's a bourbon guy too so seems that way yep so he's he's a he's he's definitely a connoisseur so does he uh, know his wine better than you no not necessarily but he's, he's a big he's a fan though um and I don't even necessarily think I know my wine that well. I just think I, uh, I know what I like, and I've tried a number of different things. And so if that considers me somebody who knows stuff, then mm-hmm. so be it. So anyway, <laughs> um, the, uh, what I wanted to do is start John out with something that would be what I would consider kind of typical, which would be a, um, a California red. And I didn't want to start him out with some shit, though. Let me take a look. So we have a Napa Valley Red Wine. This is a 2013 The
1: Prisoner from The Prisoner Wine Company. This sounds... I mean, I've had it. I mean, I've had a lot of wine in my life. sure. But it sounds like
0: I've had this, but I can't remember. So The Prisoner has been a very popular...
1: um, So what's this bottle, 2013? What's that cost? this is about 50 bucks. So, this is a good 40, bottle of wine.
0: Yeah, like 40-50 bucks?
1: Yeah, that's a good bottle. Uh, it says
0: uh 49.99 at least when most people were buying it was the average price. Um, it says right now I can buy a, a 2018 for $38. I figured so, your
1: 13 vintage would be more Yeah. expensive?
0: Um, it you know, so what's interesting with wine is that um, just because it's a little bit older doesn't necessarily mean that it's better. So while wine does continue to, a- while it, it does continue to get better in a bottle, most do as it continues to age, um, there are some years because these are all grapes, right? So like think about, we, we're in Indiana, Th- there's some good crop years, right? Well, same thing with wine. There's some good crop years where some grapes are just better than other years. The grapes grow better in some years than others. And so 2013 wasn't as good of a year as, let's say, 2017 for California. That's just one example. So um, is that true or are you just saying that? Like, was 13 not a good year? 13 was a fine year. Um, I'm trying to look. So, but 2006, actually, 2016, it's rated better the same blend, the same red blend, basically the same type of grapes that they try to put together a blend to make similar wine called The Prisoner, 2016 is considered, and 2015 are considered better years than 2012, 2013. But
1: wine, like, let's say, like, this is, you know, 20 years from now. Yep. Is that going to be considered better when it starts aging that much? Some wines
0: won't last that long before they go bad. okay so it depends on the type of grape depends on how they they made it. Um, and that is one thing that goes above my pay grade on what I know about wine is like what is the the window of time that this is good or will continue to be good? Usually uh, wines are gonna be good anywhere from probably three to seven years um, out from when they're when they're made. So we're on seven years right now. this thing probably could, and what I love about the Vivino app that I use um, is that they often will tell you, like, hey, we recommend that, you know, you drink this by blah, 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 um, best in this year, this year. So um, that's, uh, that's typically what why I use this app, it's because it'll tell you when it's going to be good. So we've got a nice 2013 Prisoner. Red blend. It's got some Zinfandel, um, some Cabernet in there. Um, lots of different grapes. What else we got I'm in gonna here? S- I'm gonna smell uh, it. Some Syrah, um, Petite Syrah. So it's 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 basically a blend. So
1: I like the smell.
0: Yep. Red blend. So we we got to give it a sniffy sniff, as Gary V would say. You'll you'll get some hints of, uh, I mean, it's there's some heavy berry going on in here for sure. A little bit of spice.
1: I just took a taste. It's good. I mean, I don't like if I was having a steak. Yeah, it'd be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like a really like a steak and a blue cheese crumble salad wedge. Yeah,
0: I I, I think this is on uh, for for something that's a blend. It is a little bit on the heavier side, um, which I like though. Uh, it's primarily what I drink is like a cabernet or. Um, something of that nature. Anyway, I do like a good Red Zin. Um, you get on the lighter side, you get down to a Pinot Noir. But um, with the Syrah, you can kind of taste a little bit of that in there as well. Got it. It's actually smoother than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a little bit spicier. I've had this before, but maybe not this 2013 vintage. But um, really easy to drink. I agree with you with some food. Excellent. Um, whether it be with a steak or blue cheese salad. I like that blue cheese I know, wedge with a, little, has, with a little that, bacon. I think I yeah. almost feel like more could come out of this. However, I do think if you're not necessarily sitting on the back porch like we are, but if you um, if you just wanted to, you this, know, crack a bottle, share it with friends, I think people would really appreciate. Yeah, this.
1: I think they would, but I think it complement it would complement food better. Yeah, I would serve it with food. I think it's a food type wine. Now, you know, it seems like. You would be fine with just drinking it on its own. You're good, but you, most time you drink wine. you're Usually, have it with food, though, right?
0: Um, I I will have some with dinner, like something with dinner, and then if I'm or whatever, and then uh, and then I'll finish off the bottle as the night <laughs> goes on. Cap. But. Yeah, I mean
1: this is this is good. I mean, and I'm not a wine guy, and I, I can yeah. I can drink this.
0: It's a, hey, it's a Napa red wine. Um, I think it's very easy to drink, and I think that's why it's become so popular. Um, as far as some something that you'll f- often find in a restaurant, in often find
1: at about any grocery store. And your mouth isn't, like, super red-stained or anything. Is mine? I don't think so. Not at all? No. Is mine? No. I mean, that's another well, thing, too. I don't, I don't like with well, a lot of reds that do well, that shit. Well, you
0: could get into some heavier, some heavier reds, like cabs. some good cabs and merlots that you get heavier, and it just has that. And sometimes it's because they aren't as mature either, and so some of that fruit is still kind of, like, really in the wine and it hasn't broken down as much so there you go
1: cool recommend it it's Uh, nice
0: yep john's experiment into wine maybe we'll do a couple more wines in the future cool uh with that everybody uh go out there hit more greens you'll score better thanks thanks